So back in 1987, I was having a time of my life. And then I had this deja vu, call it a divine, wondrous intervention in Homer, Alaska. And uh, I ended up uh, coming to in a jail cell. <laughs> divine, wondrous intervention, figure it out. DWI. <laughs> I went through the process of alcohol screening. I went through all that process, and uh, I had eight months to, do, to, to figure it out. And I remember having to go to this inpatient alcohol treatment center, and uh, I went through the whole rigmarole, and I'll tell you what, at the end of 27 days of a 28-day treatment program, they said, your culture will never keep you sober. Maybe you gotta go back out and work on a better story because this ain't a better breakfast. Anyway, that was like, no, no, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I know I can help myself. You got something for me. And uh, well, here I was freshly kicked out of this treatment center. Spirit Days board member come up to me and said, hey, listen, Greg, we know that you put some rope handles and helped Paul Tiolanda, the late King Island dancer leader, um, make a blanket before. So we need some rope handles on this walrus skin blanket for Spirit Days, this annual event. Do you think you could do that? And I said, Sure, I got nothing better to do. So they brought me to a warehouse. They showed me this thirty. They showed me this eight-foot-long walrus skin. And nobody's seen a walrus skin rolled up and dried out like an old pair of wet cowboy boots. You know how stiff those can get. And here we go. I tried to unroll this thing, and it wouldn't unroll. It just recoiled right back up like a, one of those rolled maps in school that didn't want to stay down. So I found four boxes of nails in this warehouse. They were 40 pounds each, and I weighed that thing down, I forced it open, and I said, man, the first thing I gotta do is I gotta scrape the mold and mildew off. I found this putty knife. I started scraping it, what I could off. It wasn't working, so I found something else. I found this little wire brush that you use for scraping those uh, files, and I, I had to get on my hands and knees. I got on my hands and knees, and. The oil started to go through my pants. I found some coveralls. Boy, this thing smelled ripe like toe jam, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and I was down on the hands and knees scraping this mold off this blanket, and there was little green spores puffing in the sunlight. And I was like, oh, I just got kicked out of treatment. And I'm mean, look at you really sunk to the bottom this time. And as I was, I, I'm recalling my experience on the blanket at the World Eskimo Olympics, I always knew that the blankets were round. This one was like 16 feet long, 8 feet wide. And I figured, well, if my geometry is right, I could cut 2 feet off this end, 2 feet off that end, reposition them on the sides, and hey, 12 by 12. Kind of like that treatment center jargon they were telling me about. Anyway. I cut those pieces off, and lo and behold, I had three pieces rolled up high, and I went, oh my God, what did I do? It's all their fault, they should have never asked me, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I went, oh yeah, call your elders if you want some help. So I called Paul, told him what I was doing. Now Paul Tiolana at the time was alive, and he had survived World War II, and he lost his leg, and he had a wooden leg. I told him what I was doing, he said, okay, I'll come down and look. When he came down, he pushed his glasses up and leaned on his cane, and he said, They ain't done one up. What you gonna tell the board of directors now you ruined their good skin? <laughs> you ever see elders smiling at you through their eyes and not moving their lips? He was, he was looking at me this way. Recognizing that, I said, Paul, there must be something I can do. 
Okay, Tangunok, we'll see if you graduate to be real Eskimo. You soak those skins you cut in the river or lake overnight, and you go to black elk leather and pick up those six foot, in, six foot, quarter inch black leather strips. You soak those in a bucket of water overnight, too. Tomorrow, you bring those skins together, you get a quarter inch drill, you drill the holes, tie tack them together, and just follow the outline. When you're done, you call me, we'll see if you graduate. Sure enough, the next day, this walrus skin that was so on so rigid, so tough, was flat, pliable, just laid on the ground. It was heavy. You know, I, I followed his instruction. I was halfway done. Sewed one side up. I was almost done with the other side, and I took a break. You know, during that time, there was a mass media campaign. Anchorage Times was still around. Anchorage Daily News, the newspapers, and the radio stations were all having this campaign to identify a girl dropped off at Providence Hospital. Two guys in a pinto dropped her off with no identification. They said, we don't know who she is. And apparently she suffered from an overdose of some kind. She could be Asian, Mexican-American, Alaska Native, don't know who she is. We need to help the general public. And I thought to myself, you know, I just got kicked out of treatment and it's too bad some people will just go to any lengths, hurt themselves and each other. They don't care, just as long as they get high. And here I am making this blanket. I'm lucky. So. I'm almost done with this walrus skin blanket. It took me 50 hours to make, and I'm, yeah, I took another break. The next day, mass media campaign, big bold letters, Jane Doe identified, and I got my cup of coffee, and they went, I wonder who that person was, poor soul. Come to find out, this poor soul passed away before they were identified, and as I was reading, I went, wait a second. No, that can't be true. That's my best friend's younger sister. She played on the same playground as mine. She's in the bath from Kotzebue. Her last name was Black. I, I choked down the rock in my throat. I walked downstairs in disbelief. And I, and I just said, why did you let this happen? Why? You're supposed, I'm supposed to be reading about this in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Not here in Anchorage, not to somebody I know. tried to hide the tears that were dropping on the blanket. I was in an alleyway and there was this shirt company making all these shirt prints. And I broke a strand. And the funeral was that afternoon. And all I could do and think about was make a keychain out of that broken strand. And as I thought, what could I do? I could dedicate the stitches in her name. And I told that to the parents, the late Samuel and Pearl Black, they passed away. That blanket traveled with me to over 35 communities. It brought people together, like enjoy, just like she did when she was alive. That blanket became a memorial blanket, and I said, I'm not worthy of this message. You can't ask me to do this. Needless to say, I started to reflect on Black Elk, who was an Indian prophet who had a vision of a hoop within a hoop of many hoops and that it would signify a time of great healing. And my mind went back to the blanket toss. I went, what is that but a hoop of people pulling on a bunch of hoops, creating an environment of support where our children don't fall through the cracks in our community and get lost in alcohol and drug abuse. I also reflected when I first got to that blanket, it was rolled up tight full of mold and mildew like me, called a kluge and a salmon cruncher and I drank and I used and I 
not all those feelings, but I opened my eyes, opened my life to the wisdom of my culture. That treatment center was wrong. My culture can help me stay sober. We have to pull together, and together we could reach new heights.